okay we're going back in on explaining uh, who Israel really is and that it's right here in the United States and it's those indigenous black Americans that they keep trying to call Africans we ain't African we're the so-called ten tribes of Israel and we are the real American Indians this is you will see that this is all adding up of who these people are over here on this side okay and people get all messed up because a lot of a lot of guys got a lot of men and women have this you know um, misunderstanding of what's really going on amongst the tribes the division the hatred which is all part of the curses but it's not even across the board it's really a case-by-case -case basis and ultimately the one key aspect of the gospel and of the law is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And ultimately, the Most High is dealing with those that are going to encompass those type of qualities, you know, which we'll kind of get into, you know, further on. Now, this is a telling sign. Now, I'm giving you this information because one, it's good for you to have. If you can afford to buy the books, you know, I'd recommend that you buy it, but really, it's really not really needed. As much you can find brothers putting out information on the internet and giving you those key points within the within the uh, actual books, or you can even sometimes even find screenshots of different pages with really good information, and you can kind of roll from there. Uh, ultimately, you know you really want to follow with the scriptures, but it's good to have other information as well um, that you would have. But you know, all information is always meant to be properly, you know, matched up. You know or test it out with the scriptures itself that's one thing you have to realize now when you go further on I'm gonna give you another book now this book see this is just it keeps on going and going and going now this is information that Esau was selling amongst each other while they were breaking treaties okay with the natives of the Americas while they were slaughtering wholesale killing enslaving raping and breaking treaties taking lands trail of tears you know battle of wounded knee massacres you know the Calvary all those things that Esau was doing throughout the Americas there they had this information all the presidents all the centers all your high-level officials back in those times very much understood who they were fighting against it wasn't a, a no joke they understood they were privy to this information especially amongst the very elite they knew exactly who they were dealing with they knew exactly who they were mistreating and they didn't care because again, you know, Edomites are demons. This is the best way to put it. They're not a, a, a nation of people that has an empathy inside of them. If they show it, it's because they want to take advantage and they ha have something else on the back end that they want to do to you. And ultimately, they have no level of empathy for Israel. They're just not going to do that. That's just not how they operate. Okay? Now, you see here the ten tribes of Israel historically identified with the aboriginal of the Western Hemisphere in 1836. So we didn't write it. None of our people wrote this. As you know, they didn't even allow Jake to read and write. It wasn't. They didn't have other people writing this. They wrote this for themselves and shared it among themselves. But when they created a public fool system and had people go into the public fool system, they didn't teach them this. They didn't bring out one book. What did they tell you in the school? They told you that they came down through the Bering Strait. And then these intellectually dishonest uh, jakes out here are coming out with the same information that they were told in school and they're running with it. 
and they're not even doing dealing with the with the actual prophecies. They're not dealing with the culture. They're not dealing with the ancient language of the natives. They're not dealing with none of that because they don't want to deal with it. They hate their own people. They don't want to see people amongst them repent and come out of it and be able to come into the faith and hopefully receive salvation because they have a misunderstanding of everything. And we're not here to basically, you know, uh, toot horns. We're basically saying that we understand that that's how the Most High set it up. Okay. Now I'm going to go further on. Uh, this is the, uh, the last book. Now there's other books. I'm just showing you some of the more recent ones, some of the ones that I just found just doing a quick little search. Now this book is a very popular, Ronald Sanders, Lost Tribes of Promised Lands. This was a reprint because the original one was so popular, which I will show you uh, that version as well. You know, uh, a lot of times when you're dealing with new editions, as a disclaimer, sometimes they do take out some stuff out of those books. Now I do have this version. I do not have the original version, but I do know people that do have the original version. And it's, you know, it's pretty much the same, but I haven't been able to kind of go through the whole thing. But this one... Um, was a good book it really a lot of the information in here quotes a lot of the information from other books that were written back in like the 1800s the 1700s the 1600s stuff from Columbus stuff from you know different explorers and what they wrote stuff from even these other books information is put in there so it's more of like a compilation and it gives more information about you know the origins of the natives and it uses different things culturally, different things that were identified about them during the time of, uh, you know, especially during that time period. Um, it's not more modern stuff now. You're not going to see that. A lot of the information you're going to see is from back then because of the fact that that's when they were, when Esau was openly admitting that he was chronicling his information because he was not. You know, there was never a time when they really thought that this would actually, a hundred or so plus years later, that this would be valuable information to be used in part of, you know, the ministry of the gospel, which was, uh, you know, which is now, you know, in our possession because of the fact that, you know, it's now been given to us by, you know, by grace through faith. Okay? Not that any man should boast. So now we're able to use this information and hopefully share it with you brothers and sisters, you know, as you move along. Now, this is the original cover. Now, this was in 1978. It is a hardcover book. I've seen it before. Um, and, you know, in fact, with this, you combine the southern kingdom as well. And you see this picture. This is uh, Mansa Musa, who was one of the kings of the Mali Empire. As you know, um, it's people, you know, we'll get into some of the other, you know, um, different diaspora of the Israelites. We'll get more into that um, as we move forward. Uh, but, you know, of course, we just want to give this information just in hoping that it will be helpful for you to kind of build up your faith, uh, something that you can show your parents, you know, your loved ones. You never know who, who it would be that would believe. You know, a lot of times when people say, you know, we're crazy, you know, what we're talking about, we want to know whether or not they thought that these people were crazy and they didn't know what they're talking about. Because I can tell you who doesn't think you're cra uh, we're crazy about believing in this, even though that they're scared or even though that they believe they're going to continue on forever. The elites, the people that really run this world, they know that we're not crazy by claiming our heritage um, now. But at the end of the day, you know, like we always say, it's not going to be about you being prideful about being an Israelite. Ultimately, it's going to come down to faith in Yahweh Shah and enduring to the end. 
Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and finish off and read this. The book of John, chapter 11, and verse 49. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that is it expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that he, the whole nation perish not. And this he spoke not of himself, but being the high priest that year, he prophesied that Shai should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of Yahweh that were scattered abroad. Okay, so we know that our people were scattered abroad, including the northern tribes. The bulk of them came over here. Like we said, we do have remnants that have were scattered uh, throughout the four corners of the earth, whether it was back in that time, um, you know, in the B.C. era, you know, 8th century B.C. during the time of the Assyrian Empire and further on. But the bulk of them came over here. And this area was part of a major prophecy. In fact, it's part of a major, major prophecies um, in the scriptures. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is that a lot of things uh, were coded in the scriptures uh, to ensure that we would be able to, you know, have them manifested through, you know, precept upon precept through the dispensation of the gifts that are given to different brothers throughout the ministry and they're able to kind of get the right information and bring it out to the masses and hopefully you know get whoever is you know going to get a hold of that information and you know respond the right way to it so hopefully this is edifying and again i want to give all praises and glory to our heavenly father yahweh in the name of our lord and savior yahweh shai and peace and blessings to you brothers and sisters throughout the four corners of the earth Shalom. Excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. And, uh, oh, God, he just, he just really covered it. Um, let's see. Let's see. Right, Shalom. We're going to give up. Right, you know, back in the 30s, 20s, 30s, and 40s, and now these jakes are being moved off through economic warfare, man. They increase property taxes, they can't afford it, and they put, then they start uh, auctioning them off in the courthouse underneath their, underneath them. They don't even know what's going on. Before you know it, they got a letter saying, hey, y'all gotta go. That's right. And somebody, y'all, company them bought this house, this property. Yeah. And then they flip it, renovate it, and then they send, and they have these Edomites come in and lease them, and then these jakes are out in the streets, man. Jake can tell you nothing going on either. Huh? Jake can tell you nothing going on either. Oh, yeah. Jake, Jake, Jake is in locked stuff. That dude over there, she's probably a, a Democrat. He's a Democrat. Yeah. And then the, the interest that, she, that they vote for is against him as a man. That's right. As a so-called black man. That's right. Yeah. But he'll go there and he'll think that he's, he's guiding good because he... Cause, cause maybe her, grand, her, her, her daughter gives him a hug and says, "How are you doing, bud?" Right. Uh, her ancestors probably was the same ones lynching his ancestors. Oh, yeah. You know, Jake don't think like that, man. But Jake, they, they quickly go lay down with these other nations, but don't look at the, the, the destruction, man, and the humility that these people have put our people through, man. The memory is short. Um. So, was there anything else? Um, let me see. Oh, let's see what he's talking about over here. I know nobody don't want to hear this. Nobody don't want to hear this. Luke chapter 13, verse 23. 
Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and had shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunken in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. And he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south, and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first, and there are first which shall be last. All right, Shalom, brothers and sisters. We want to first of all give all praises and glory to Yahweh, Yahweh, Peace and blessings be abound to you, brothers and sisters, throughout the four corners of the earth that are waiting on the second coming of our Lord Yahweh Hamashiach. Uh, today we're going to go into a lesson um, concerning a very controversial topic that has been pushed in Israel for um, many years uh, concerning you know what would happen to um, the non-elect. And uh, we're, we're, this lesson is titled, you know, that the non-elect will never make it into the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this is a, we know that this is going to be a controversial topic for those of y'all who have been taught otherwise, that if you don't make it, that you're going to come through the elect, and because you're Israel, there's no reason to overcome and endure it to the end. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so uh, we're going to go ahead and continue on into First uh, Corinthians chapter 6. This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. That's very definitive. There's no wiggle room around that. They will not enter, hence never enter into the kingdom. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's plain. I mean, these are the things that we have to, like, you know, be aware of <clears throat> why it's in here. You know, like the brother said, you know, will never shall not inherit. Mm -hmm. So that means, you know, inheritance are passed down even to children, right? That's right. So if someone is telling you that the people that that were in this particular state when Yahweh Shah shows up and that they're going to inherit the kingdom through the elect that means that this is a lie this right is a lie. Mm -hmm. you see the fallacy in that brothers and sisters because inheritance is passed down from one generation to another or is it given to or inheritance is given to a select group of people right so if someone is basically an Israelite they didn't believe and they basically did not they basically continued in their in their way and path, then they're not going to inherit. Right. That's that's, right. that's plain and simple. Mm -hmm. And that's why it says, what did it say in the beginning of Be not deceived. Be, right. be not deceived. Right? So you're looking at a, a, a deception being uh, displayed right here. And so someone deceiving you into believing that this is not a true statement that's being written in these scriptures. So we can continue yeah. on into uh, Second Ezra. This is Second Ezra 7, starting at the 56th verse. 
for while we lived and committed iniquity, we considered not that we should begin to suffer for it after death. Then answered he me and said, This is the condition of the battle, which man that is born upon the earth shall fight, that if he be overcome, he shall suffer as thou hast said. But if he get the victory, he shall receive the thing that I say. For this is the life whereof Moses spake unto the people while he lived, saying, Choose thee life that thou may live. That's a beautiful, strong scripture right there because this is one thing that people don't really consider that while they're doing all these bad things that there is a penalty for it. And see, they continuously are, they're, they're basically deceived like we said previously. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a reward for those who are able to endure, like the brother was saying. But for those who do not and are um, overcome by this world, there's a repercussion. Mm -hmm. That's the reward of iniquity. And what is that reward, man? <laughs> yeah. It says, suffer for it after death. And then they say, the same shall know it after death by pain. Come on. Come right. on. So it sounds like pain and suffering <clears throat> is the portion of those that were overcome. That's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and this is, and a lot of guys in Israel, in certain camps, they love to bring up the same shall know it after death by pain. Well, we're going to go into that eventually. That's the coming lesson in the future. Right. But this right here shows that there's a difference of those that choose life. And the life we're talking about is eternal life. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the life that, that was being talked about in the law. It was fully expounded on by Yahweh Shai. Mm -hmm. You know, but it was in there in the different uh, books of the law and in the prophets about eternal life and about what the portion of those that don't believe is basically the, the suffering after death that's right okay so uh we'll go continue on to romans chapter 11. this is romans chapter 11 uh, verse 22 <clears throat> behold therefore the goodness and severity of god on them which fail severity but toward thee goodness if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. Come on, man. That's very plain, man. You do good, there is a reward. But then right. if you do bad, you're on the severe side of the mosaic. Right. That's right, the severity man. of it, man. <laughs> That's the balance of the Lord, man. There's no balance right. in uh, Israel if all Israel gets goodness. <laughs> right. It doesn't right. make any sense, man. You know, this is the mentality of someone that... Either you'd have to have a, a mentality of someone that had no parents, mm -hmm. you know, because in, in in a household, if you do bad, you get punished. If you do good, you get rewards. Now, some households are so, you know, some brothers grew up in some, you know, we're in this, this captivity and our people are so messed up. Some brothers grew in, in certain households where if you did good, you still got punished. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or if you did evil, you, you were rewarded still, you know what I'm saying? So some guys, it could be because of upbringing. Why, why, you know, sometimes a brother or sister might not understand, you know, the, the scriptures. But when you go into it, the Most High is very balanced in his, in his works. And it would make sense that for those that were, did not do well, severity to those that do well, goodness. That's I right. mean, and this precepts perfectly with the second Ezra, right. uh, chapter 7, that we brought out as well. Mm -hmm. And it says, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. And that's a permanent cutoff. Mm -hmm. Okay, there is no getting back in right. or in the mm -hmm. kingdom. Mm -hmm. Let me say that again: the non-elect right. will never mm -hmm. enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's Definitive. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And if you believe otherwise, I mean, you're making the word, the, the Lord's word void. Yes, you know? right. Mm -hmm. You're really putting a stumbling block before Israel. Right. Right. Matthew 22. This is Matthew 22, starting at the eighth verse. Then said he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways, and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. He said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wet wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. So when you really examine this thing, there are many brothers that are on the highways and the byways right now. Teaching, YouTube. Yep, mm -hmm. YouTube, teaching these, these uh, teaching the Bible. And you see from this parable right here, many people are called. So you have a number of called people. But then that number shortens down because many won't have what it takes to make the cut. And so now that the ones that have it to make that cut, those are the chosen. Now that number is smaller than those that were called. And that's what this parable is talking about. So it lets right. you, this, when you really uh, look at it, it, it comes down to self-examination. You're looking at yourself in this, in the way that the Lord wanted his people to come out. And you were not that one that examined yourself and considered the words of the Lord. That's right, man. That's right. That even uh, goes with the other parable of Luke. Because of the, the parable, both parables are dealing with you know, people that thought that they were, that they had it, where you could believe you got it. Hey, we taught in the streets with you, just like they were saying yeah. in the other parable. Right. You know, and he'll say, I never knew. I never knew. What, Lord, you, Lord. Yeah. yeah, Lord, Lord, you know, and he says, I know you not once you are. Depart from me. Yep. You know, and this is talking about Israelites, man. This is talking about the people, so many, all people that are teaching, you know, we're, that are out there in the streets, you got zeal, but not according to knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to basically impart this knowledge. It's not to be combative, it's just to say, hey, listen, this is something that we know, we've been reading, and we got to teach the rest of Israel to get the blood off of our hands as well. We got to warn the people that, you know, this is the way that you need to, you need to go. Mm -hmm. You need to believe in. Right. right. So let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. This is 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Yahawashah shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Yahawashah Hamashiach, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So everlasting is the key word, man, in that scripture and destruction. <laughs> right, mm -hmm. right, right. But it, it says you're going to have everlasting and destruction from the presence of the Lord. Man. Come on, man. So it ain't no coming into the kingdom later. Come on. That's beautiful, I mean, bro. everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. Yep. 
for obeying not the gospel That's of right. our Lord Yahushua Mashiach. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, the scriptures speak for itself, man. That's plain. So you can't be telling our people, well, look, if you don't believe, you, you still come back in the kingdom, bro. Right. It don't work like that. Nah, man. It ain't no second chances in this mm -hmm. thing, man. You tell me dudes out here taking thousand packs, sacrificing they, they, they loved ones. Right. And stuff like that. You know, doing all kinds of stuff in order to reach fame and fortune on this side. And then they're going to get back in the kingdom and receive some uh, consolation of eternal life. Basically a free ride. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is what they're, this is what they're teaching. And if you and with those teachings, you you might as well just go ahead and take the Faustian pack. You exactly. Might well, you might as well just say, "Hey, man, look, I'm gonna live it up on this side because I'm gonna get the kingdom anyway." Don't get it anyway. So that should be wickedness will be running rampant around mm -hmm. this thing, man. Yep. That's what's called leaven. Yep. When you teach a doctrine that the that all Israel is gonna come back that didn't make it that didn't believe that they're gonna come back through the elect and that they're gonna be ruling in the kingdom and they're gonna basically have certain. Second Ezra chapter 13 verse 39 And whereas thou sawest that he gathered another peaceable multitude unto him Those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoner out of their own land in the time of Hosea the king Whom Salmaneser the king of Assyria led away captive And he carried them over the waters And so came they into another land But they took this counsel among themselves That they would leave the multitude of the heathen And go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt, that they might there keep their statutes, which they never kept in their own land. And they entered okay. the Hebraic state at the time upon their arrival. Hence the reason why Christopher Columbus had to bring Hebrew translators when he came over here. Now, because of oppression, you know, um, Anglicization, Latinization, acculturation, you know, uh, uh, basically another form of Hellenization. A lot of those different elements of our culture that was remaining with the northern tribes went away. Now, some of remnants of it you can still see even till today, as far as culturally, whether it be style of dress, you know, certain foods, traditional foods that they make, um, and things like that. You know, but other things were lost over time because of the oppression. You know, that's the reason why I did one of the lessons of about a couple, a month and a half ago on, um, you know, Hellenization and acculturation back during the times of the ancient Greeks and Romans, which was basically when we were in captivity under those captivities and we saw the change of our people. And this is something that's chronicled throughout the New Testament in the book of Acts in the epistles. Now, I'm going to go into just some of the information. Now, this is coming from the oppressor, right? This is coming from the false Jew, the one that's claiming to be us, is writing this, okay? Now, this is from the Jewish Encyclopedia. Now, this Jewish Encyclopedia is the unedited full text of 1906 Jewish Encyclopedia. So, the information that brothers are bringing out concerning the northern tribes that were scattered over here is showing that the information we're talking about is something that they knew. Now, I, the thing about it is Esau did not know that eventually he did not understand that we would eventually wake up and have access to this information. He didn't under, truly understand that, that that was actually going to help in some way some people's faith because we got some, some people, they need this type of documentation to further validate. It is what it is, you know. It's just like, you know, Yahweh said, if I tell you about 
earthly thing, earthly things and you believe not, how can I tell you about heavenly things? Because a heavenly thing is a full-on prophecy of something that occurs. We're saying that came down from, you know, through the dispensation of angels, through the Mosai, through Yahweh the testimony, the gospel that he gave, and the, the prophecies that were written in the law of Moses and the prophets. These are things that people a lot of times, you know, struggle with. But on some people, their faith can match up with the word. Sometimes if you bring out a little bit of information, we have to be all things to all men. Because in this day and age, you know, Esau has made everybody a skeptic of, you know, things that are spiritual, especially over here in Babylon. And a lot of things are not understood and believed because they've been taught to basically not believe in the supernatural, in the in the superpower, the Most High, you know, Yahweh, and of course, his son that died for, you know, the sins of the elect of Israel, you know, so... We're talking about some stuff that is very hard to get over for hundreds of years of oppression. Now, as you see here, this is unedited, meaning that they wrote this in 1906, okay? Now, if you read here, it says, the name of, the, this is by Morris Jastrow Jr. Kaufman Kohler. The name of the land beyond the Great River, far away from the habitation of man, okay? So, far away from the habitation of man. Now, one of the things that these guys will say, these anti-Northern um, Kingdom Israel, uh, Israelites, because that's what we're, we're going to call them. It's not your anti-Native uh, American, your anti-North you know, Native North American Indian or Seminole Indian or you know all these other bywords that were put upon our people when Esau came over here and took over the land. You're just anti-Northern Kingdom, and it's just not for them to get it. That's the reason why we say it's not for everybody, okay? This is really for brothers that are out there, you, you're talking to other people, you need sometimes some information, this is some good stuff to use, okay? So the reason why we're saying it's not away from the habitation of man, because of what we read, we're in the land that never mankind dwelt. Now going into, you know, the rest of it, you know, as far as the habitation of man, a lot of these guys out here, they'll say, Oh, that's talking about Turkey. But when you go into that time, you had people already living there. There's there's very much proof that people already living there. But then they'll come here and they'll they'll use other stuff from Esau, saying that people were here before you know other times outside of uh, pretty much Solomon and his ships that came over here. They'll try and say, oh, these were other people that were here. But one of these things that these guys will never tell you. And this is the reason why we say that a lot of these people are intellectually dishonest. You know, not only are they willing to lie, but they're intellectually dishonest, meaning that their things don't add up. Their lies don't even add up with one another. They will never tell you if this, if these people that came over here, that were the natives of the Americas, if they were not Israelites, which biblical nation were they? They will never tell you. That's how you know that they're intellectually dishonest. All right. And so when you go further on, it says, In which the ten tribes of Israel will dwell, observing the laws of Moses, until the time of restoration, according to the fourth book of Ezra, because you had, you know, the book of Ezra, the book of Nehemiah, the first book of Ezra, and the second book of Ezra, as we know them. But the, um, the first two, which was Ezra, the book of Ezra, and the book of Nehemiah, are considered the first two books of Ezra, and other, you know, um, Compilations of the scriptures, you know, prior to the King James. Okay, now it tells you there that was in 
chapter 13, verse 45, which we just read, starting off. It says, Columbus identified America with this land. Okay, now this is information that came from a book because that book was on Christopher Columbus and they even notated the page. So even Christopher Columbus, who also was someone who understood that the lost tribes had to be here because they tell you that lie when you're in school that he was trying to get to India when that was a big lie. That's the reason why the public fool system was designed to keep our people's mind away from the truth. And what they do is they try and do a psychological conditioning of your mind to put in so much lies that by the time you get in contact with the actual truth, you reject it because you've already become, you're basically an MK Ultra automaton walking around. That's what a lot of people have become. And that, that stuff starts off in the media. It starts off in education. Even your own parents are even already brainwashed. Your own people that are around you, they're already brainwashed to basically ensure that you stick with groupthink, which is against the scriptures. You're, you're basically thinking everything contrary to what the scriptures actually say and, and prove. And then when information comes out, it's hard for people. But guess what? We understand that according to the prophecies that the Most High was going to blind some of our people to not see it. All right, that they would not come to that understanding of who they are. Okay, and ultimately, like we said, we're going to start really getting into, you know, the nitty gritty of, you know, the gospel and the faith aspect of it, because that's really the key that the Most High is looking for. We're going to get to the to a lot of different topics that a lot of people don't really talk about, as far as you know, this thing that has been set as far as in motion with the gospel. Okay, so now that we've gotten that. I'm going to show you some different books, okay, and this is for whether you are, are, you know, regardless of who you are, if you want somebody that believes, you know, regardless of what you are typecast as, uh, racially, ethnically, nationally, whatever it is, if you are a believer in the faith, in this thing, then you are, be, want to have this type of information uh, because of the fact that we know that we were scattered. And like I said, you know, we're trying to basically make sure that information is put out the right way and that this part of this aspect of the gospel of the scriptures is understood concerning the northern tribes because the uh, just the amount of oppression that's happened to them over the over the years and just like it's happened to the southern kingdom has been immense to the point of, uh, you know, there's really no return for a lot of our people and it's really only by the grace of of Yahweh who sent forth his son to basically you know give us that grace and you know forgive us of our trespasses that we may be able to now see clearly and have a better understanding okay now this book right here is the 10 tribes of Israel by Tom Timothy R Jenkins now this right here it shows you that this is a paperback it was originally made in 1855 okay now this was not some brother that came out there and started writing stuff and saying we're Israel or started writing stuff and saying that the natives of the Americas are Israel this is somebody this is a so-called white man okay as we know in today's society that wrote this now why is it that Christopher Columbus going back to the 1600s and almost and then 250 something years later okay not even 250 something years later what's him up almost what 300 400 years later because what Columbus they say 1492 so you're talking about you know roughly 300 
and like 60 something years later the same information is being put out but then all of a sudden you get to the 80s and 90s or whatever and Esau is basically trying to stifle that information but this is the beauty of having internet and the information that's out there is that Esau can't hide these things this is basically being shown out that hey look you had this information you know who who we are you know who was over here and you got and you got blood on your hands and that's how wicked Esau is a lot of our people don't understand that this is how he's designed and that's why I've always said I've said it before it doesn't matter if he knows you're Israel he knew you were Israel still and he did he really he did wickedness to you so them knowing that you're Israel is never going to change the way that they feel about you this right here is just to bring you back to your remembrance that you will bethink yourself and understand the reason why we're in the condition we're in and hopefully with that knowledge that you've maybe accepted you'll be able to realize that Shai died for your sins and you'll be able to repent be baptized receive the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and be able to walk in newness of life and in the power and grace of Yahweh, all right because that's the, what we are here to do as of right now you know and that's the reason why you know things are you know getting you know difficult of course we know that Satan knows that he's do his job to deceive the masses he sets up different people you know whether it be among Esau the other nations or even of Israel to basically mislead the people away from the way the truth and the life which is in Yahweh now I'm going to show you another title that proves to me and this is going to prove to you that they know this now I saw actual picture online of one of the reprints that was done back in the 1800s that had this exact title as well alright now the title of this book this is the same book the same Timothy Jenkins now, I got this reprint I actually bought this one myself um, as you see the price is here and it has good information concerning you know the uh, the northern tribes over here now remember this book was originally written in 1855 this is a reprint paperback version in, in 2011 that was made now the reason why I'm showing you these dates is because of the fact that you you have to have an understanding that this information was already out so guys acting as if you know brothers is making it up when this is information how do we know that this information that is valid because one it matches up with the scriptures two you will never hear this in any level of school now speaking as someone who has been in, in higher level academia I know that this is not something that's allowed to be talked about now you might be able to secretly write a paper maybe in uh, you know grad school maybe like as a small thing on American history but it's not gonna you know be something that they would actually want you to publish in your so-called you know dissertation if you're pursuing a PhD degree and they don't want that type of information floating around in cyberspace for their school you know basically coming out as somebody who wrote it as part of their PhD they're not going to allow that okay now the title here is you see it in black and white the ten tribes of Israel or the true history of the North American Indians showing that they are the descendants of these ten tribes and this is written in 1855 we're not making this up okay and guess what you know we got artifacts upon artifacts upon artifacts that we've been led to information pictures that you can verify yourself if you want to you know and, and see this is you will see that this is all adding up 
of who these people are over here on this side. Okay, and people get all messed up because a lot of a lot of guys got a lot of men and women have this, you know, um, misunderstanding. Oh, I think my cat pressed. Uh and all that stuff they're going to be in the land and they're going to basically live in off the, the goodness of that the lord has given basically you're basically telling them that listen man you can do whatever the hell you want mm -hmm. that's that you're giving them a do as thou wilt at that point yeah you know bringing that out man and uh for somebody to believe it man you in a strong delusion bro right right in a very strong delusion to think that way yep this is go to second thessalonians chapter two this is second thessalonians chapter two starting at the 11th verse and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness come on man very straight to the point damnation who believe not the truth mm -hmm. but had pleasure in unrighteousness so you're going to the people who are believing in that doctrine, man, they, they believe in that lie. Mm -hmm. And guess what the reward is? Damnation, man. So we're going to go ahead and finish it off. Uh, this is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to Yahweh for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because Yahweh hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Yahweh Shah Hamashiach. And with that, we want to give all praise and glory to Yahweh Shah. Peace and blessings and mercy be abound to you, brothers and sisters, throughout the four corners of the earth that are diligently waiting on the second coming of our Lord. Shalom. Shalom. That was excellent. Let's see. Let's see where it is. Okay, I'm going to try to give you as much evidence as I possibly can uh, that the ancient uh, Kemetic Empire was here in the United States in Utah. Uh, this is some kind of interview with tribal leaders. Um, and we're going to hear. So, so you actually think the Egyptians or the Egyptian people were here because they're, I have, I ran across the people that found some Egyptian artifacts in Colorado, in Idaho, um, the Egyptian belt you're talking about. There was one found in the mountains east of Provo. Um, in Nevada, there was some found. Um, and then, uh, you know, the stories of the Egyptians in the Grand Canyon. And then I have a friend that found some Egyptian hieroglyphs, you know, along uh, at Lake Powell, which would have been along the Colorado River. Um, so, uh, it's interesting you say that. So, well, you say you receive. An interesting thing that's kind of kept quiet is, is mummifying bodies was Egyptian. Hmm. The, and they found a few scattered around the world, basically. The second. Okay, so what this dude is trying to say is that uh, what they're seeing looks Egyptian to them. And um, we've heard these stories of it. And, and when, when uh, you know, people try to invoke and say who the true people were, they're like, oh, no, no, they're Native American. Yeah, 
we're the Native Americans. So um, this is an hour-long thing. I'm not trying to hear every single thing that he has to say, but um, we're going to see the basic bits of what he's got to say. Here we go. By the Egyptians. Well, he said the front of the red ledge is where you see all the ledges now was just like the back of the red ledges till it caved in. Hmm. So that was massive. All right, let me just read it because he's saying a lot. Same symbols in the caves in Searchlight, Nevada. These caves of West American coast run from Mexico to Alaska. The Yaqui Indians guided Hayes to this lost city of giants. These and Seri Indians of Tiburon Island off west coast of Mexico both said the giants come from a sunken land. Hmm. Henry was his name. He confirmed that, that the Egyptians were here. Really? Now, according to Fan, the one over the Egyptians here spent most, almost all of his life here. And he said he was the great uncle to the child king, Tutmosa. Duke the Sheila or whatever his name is. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think he said the, the Egyptian here, the name was Tutmosa or something like that, but Tut, the beginning of it was the same. So, so, so have you heard? Do you think then there's... Okay, so I'm going to read you something that it says. It says, I have a Native American friend who told me his father found a gold statue of a cat in a cave in Utah, and it appeared to be Egyptian. Uh, somebody left a comment. I believe Egyptian, Atlantean, and First Nation people are one in the same. The scientists found two civilizations on both sides of Florida coast that date back 8,000 years. It's, this is impossible. This is impossible. A broad area north of South America. Okay, so I can't even read that because I know that the DNA evidence uh, is completely uh, faked. They've only got 10% can they tell you about your father and your mother, and the other 90% is your junk DNA from your past lives. So I disregard that. Okay, so I'm just going to read these because, you know, people tend to be long-winded. So... It says, vandalized mummy and African lion around the corner from the mummy located in Colorado, not far from where the Egyptian scarab rock was found, also appears to be Egyptian. And it says, uh, let's see, what else? So they're showing you all of these uh, artifacts um, that also uh, appear to be uh, Egyptian and it's all out here in the Midwest people it's all out there and uh, it says science is stumped these are old clippings from newspapers science is stumped by strange mummies in Utah no possible explanation yet to account for the red-headed wavy-haired they don't know what you know, they were dark-skinned from what I see, but, you know, when people see red hair, they assume that it's uh, Caucasian, so. But still, no matter what race they are, why have not we uh, heard 
anything about this stuff. I just think that it's just a little, it's a little strange. Uh, so we're going in again uh, with the Utah, Utah Indians. Um, and there's so much here. There's the Nephilim giants that were found in Utah. There's the fact that that's, that whole town is there and the way that it looks. I mean, this is just unending. Um, I'm, every single thing that I'm, everybody's got it. Uh, Aztec Ark of the Covenant, Utah is Utah, Red Tree Staff, the, that parted the sea. Um, you know what? I'm going to go to that. I'm going to go to that. Let's hear this story. Here we go. Let's go right in on it. It's from 432, the drop radio. Fine print. That's why I said we got to keep digging on the fine print. Don't just read to read and see, oh, we read this many books. Nah, I'll take as long as it takes to get the babies out. Go ahead. Let's go to the fine print. We're just talking about Prester John, the letter of Prester John. Are we talking about descriptive, descriptors, things that are just describing a bigger meaning than one place on the map? India, Ethiopia, India, Ethiopia. Where's India? Where's Ethiopia? Is it where they told you it is? When will you stop believing the oppressive lies manipulated systematically instilled the graven images you've always been forced to look at and look at every day on the television? Television. From India even unto Ethiopia in Greek and Roman authors there is a similar vagueness right we're just talking about the vagueness about a vast region taken in by terms like India and Ethiopia my people keep this fresh fresh on your hearts because we're not just reading this stuff so we can intellectualize it Wisdom has nothing to do with your mind, people. Wisdom has nothing to do with your brain, people. Wisdom is the vibration you feel when you know you're walking straight. Wisdom is the vibration you feel when you know you're walking crooked and you're like, I'm smarter than this. I feel it, man. I feel that I'm better than this. I'm better than this title. I'm better than that title. He's talking about the identity construct. I feel you, brother, but we got to go in on these details. That was right on top of South America. So it had Iran, a stand connected to South America, and we have India. And if we're just talking America and we're talking India, I know it's small and it's sideways, but here's North America, South America, so-called Africa here. And right here in North America, right where the four corners would be, it says India Superior. India. I-N-D-I-A. And I said, why is India here? Why is this called India Superior? Why is Prester John the Prester John of the three Indias? The Prester John of the three Indias. Why oh why? So the apostle moves easily between Persia and India. See, it's in quotation marks because we're not talking that India. 
starting roughly with the 5th century apocryphal writer the pseudo Abdias, who described the exploits of the apostle Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew in each of the three Indias, my people. So the first thing you have to say when someone talks India to you is which one? Right. And if they try to act like it's one distinct place, you say, how long was it only that place known as India? Mm. And where's the other Indias? And why are you speaking in similar vagueness? Where is Ethiopia? Let's keep going. So check it. Matthew in each of the three Indias, Prester John of the three Indias. This latter concept became a standard one. So this was not no person on the side just, you know, being a minority. This became a standard concept in the Middle Ages. One of the three Indias faced Ethiopia, in quotation marks. According to Pseudo Abdias, the second faced Persia, and the third occupied the ends of the earth. Where would they say they found you at, I wonder? According to them and their perspective of where they're looking, you're over there at the ends of the earth. You're past Atlantis. Atlantis was sunk that connected Africa to America. And that was east or west to them depending on which map you're looking on or what perspective you have of east and west and you are at the ends of the earth so one faced the so-called India one faced the so-called Ethiopia and the other faced the third occupied the ends of the earth we're just talking about the three Indias Occupied the ends of the earth between the ocean and the realm of darkness. Hmm. The ocean and the realm of darkness. This everybody's antenna should be up to know what this author is talking about. The third India occupied the ends of the earth between the ocean and the realm of darkness. The third became the third, which is the ends of the earth, became especially fruitful. For the geographical imagination, all oh, the Amazon, cities of gold, the region of untold islands, the cities of gold, Kalelus, in which the plural term Indias, etymologically one and the same as Indies. Those are the Indies? No, those are the Indias came to rest for once and for all. There also were less mysterious, more valid definitions of the three Indias among medieval geographers. For most, but for most Europeans, even learned ones, the term covered a vast and distant region of dark-skinned people. Meditate on that. We don't have to go too fast. We can do this all day, all night long. 
because we're just talking 1507, we're just talking letters from Pastor John, we're just talking a great king of Israel. Now this is the king of Israel. Pastor John is also being called King David, the king of Judah. The king of Judah, Judah. And man, love to AD before I get too deep. Love to AD. Love to the whole tribe, man. Love to Uno Hire, man. Uh, Isaac Ford, man. We we always have a moving thread of, uh, you know, of just great drop and flow. No matter what time it is, somebody's always dropping something. So these brothers keep me uh, well informed <laughs> and well uh, occupied, man, with just links, man. So I'm just so grateful, you know, to the tribe, man. You know, Jay Stu. I mean, just all that stuff. Man, so much drop. I mean, so much drop that, you know, <laughs> It's never as short as a drop, man. So, love to the family, man. Love to the bros. Now, okay. You know, we done been in this etymology before. And, uh, AD, you know, shot this to me, man. I said, I never, I never, I don't think we'd ever looked up Utah in etymology. I mean, not to my, you know, recollection. And he dropped his Utah etymology link, and I pulled it up. I said, all right, A.D., here we go. Here we go. And I'm just reading, and it seems fair enough. You know, U.S. territory organized, 1850. So it was formative, formalized as a territory in their mind in 1850, even though, of course, it's been a territory before that. But as far as their zoning of it, admitted as state as a state, 1896 for them. All right. But listen, from Spanish Utah. Remember, <laughs> all they did was take off, you know, switch switch a couple letters around. That's the letter rule. Remember the letter rule? Switch a couple letters around. Might be a consonant. You know, switch the T. Now it's Utah. Put the Y back in front. Uh-oh. This is what we dropped before, but I've never seen it substantiating in the etym etymology dictionary. So from Spanish, Utah, Y-U-T-A, name of the indigenous Utah-Aztecan people. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said... Because all we're doing, and this is all praise the Creator, you already know. Because all we're doing is talking about the Ark of the Covenant among the Aztec. I had long supposed that those who make up the Aztec, the Aztec which means people of whiteness. Ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Aztec means people of whiteness, and we know people of whiteness is in English, then if we're thinking in terms of the Nutu or the native language or the Hebrew, what would that be in, in, in their language? And what would it be insinuating this whiteness? As we know, we look up white, we get purity, right? Righteous, people of righteousness. Remember the uh, Dan, Dan Standard, you know, American Holocaust, he said all these Aztecs were all wearing white. 
These are people of righteousness. It doesn't mean to call them white just because they're calling them white. We go to the, the definition, the meaning behind it, and it's righteous, right? It's pure, right? So we're talking about these people of purity. And among them is the Ark of the Covenant of the Creator, Hawaii. And we're just pulling up an etymologies of the AD, Utah, U.S. Territory, organized 1850, from Spanish Utah, Y-U-T-A, name of the indigenous Utah. We'll put the Y back in front. So we're saying Utah, Utah, Aztecan people, Utah, Utah, Aztecan. Utah, put the Y back, Utah, Utah, Utah. I know they created this J, you know, around the 17th century or so, so the J don't even exist. The J is an illusion. You still call anything Jesus, <laughs> and you know that's an illusion, and you're not even trying to get into the reality frequency. All right, then stay in the illusion, because that's your hijack, that's your sorcery, that's your spell. But you put the you doll, you doll, Aztec and people. Of the Great Basin, we're talking about the indigenous Utah people, Judah, Utah people, modern English Ute. That's how. So that's a hijack. Ute, modern. That's just modern. We're just talking Ute, Ute, Utah. Perhaps from Western Apache, Atabascan, Atabascan. Uh huh. And look at this, Utah. Y-U-D-A, tribe of Udaw. We're talking tribes, indigenous tribes. And I don't know how much more in your face bone does it have to be. That this territory, which is, looks a lot smaller now, just like Ethiopia does, right? But this territory is wearing this tribe's name. As we talk about the forbidden histories of America right here. We're talking Jerusalem. We're talking promised land right here. We've been talking that. And you see it right in the spelling of a state, Udaw, which occupies the four corners. Oh, not just one state in the four corners. It's not just one-fourth of the four corners. Udaw, high in reference to living in the mountains or the trees. Utah. Utah is Udaw, tribe of Judah. Of course, I say Judah just because that's what you know it as. That's going to trigger you. But it's no J. It's Udaw, the tribe of Udaw. Maybe that's what Kanye Of the nation of Israel, Yashara. Now, where's this tribe? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Where's this territory that I was just pulling up, man? Uh, yeah, so this is the map of the United States and territories, processions, possessions, and aggressions. Possessions and aggressions of the slave power. Wow. So AD sent this along with some more drop, man. So, I mean, so much. So much. Wish I could share it all. But love to AD, man. Let's click on it. Okay. So it looks fair enough, right? But this is from when? 18, was it 1856 or so, sir? 1856? 
Alright. Yeah, since the black district exhibits the dominion of slavery in the states, the dark is threatened conquest. Conquest of the territories. Alright. The people were already here, y'all. Kali, our Khalifa, our Khalifa Sheba. Our Preston John, our King David, Udaw, and you see a Sheba, Solomon connection again, because, you know, they're all David. Solomon is still a David. He's a Dewit. Lebna Dangle Dewit is still a Dewit. So we're talking the David or a Solomon, Kali, Sheba connection in their land territories. And that they possibly controlled, you know, together. You know, Cali was rocking you know, all throughout this, throughout the Amazon, Queen of the Amazon. So together, they had a stronghold. Prester John of the Three Indias. Prester John of the Three Indias. And what state? State is this called Indian? Ah. So you have a status of Indian, a state of Indian. And an entirely enormous area, which, you know, this is their lines they drew. So what was it before they drew their little lines in before that? All you see is Judah growing, Judah growing, Drew, Judah, you know, increasing right before your eyes in terms of a territory. So let's uh, keep digging, man. Yeah, 1856. So love to AD for bringing out this Udaw. Udaw connection, right in etymology, substantiating everything that we're building. All praise our wonderful creator, our framer, our shaper, our connection. There is no separation between us, there's no separation between our connection, our framer, our shaper. It's all energy, all energy, and there is no separation. Between that which is married, that which is together. You're our frame and our shaper, when it deals with our mother, our wisdom, our father, our, our, our shaper, our vibration. You're in the vibration of that which shapes you. You're shaped in a vibration. That is your law. So our father's law, our law is our vibration. It's what shapes us. And all of our connectivity, all the weaving of all the ingredients... All that creativity, all that wisdom to know which way to move, how to grow, that's our mother. And we are a connection of all those things. There is no separation. But you put another power before that which has framed and shaped you. And that is your violation. Because you put powers that are below the barrier. They're all below the barrier. You stay above the barrier with your framer and your shaper. You'll be in the goods, guaranteed. Stop being in violation of the law of the vibration, killing and stealing, honoring the father and mother above. We're just talking the Los Lunas, New Mexico stones, the nine, the nine commandments. We're talking Utah, Utah, and the zones of the forbidden history of America. America, America. Copper color race is found here in Judah. And Kendrick Lamar told you he's an Israelite. ODB told you he's an Indian. So we have an indigenous Hebrew Israelite 
an indigenous Israelite from the tribe of Udah. Found here, copper color races found here according to the 1828 Webster Dictionary. And again, why did Columbus bring with him a Hebrew interpreter, Louis Torres, a convert to speak Hebrew to the Israelite king here? Why did Columbus bring a Hebrew interpreter? If he was visiting the tribe of Udaw. Let's go. Let's go. Remember Romani? Rome is Romani. Roma Gypsy. Huh? Let's go. The Romani colonies. There are those who originally or first came to the land near 4,400 years ago from the Tower of Babel. How's this Babel on the land that was sunk with the, uh, you know, Mu and Atlantis and the Mary situation? Is this Babel in modern Asia? Is this Babel in, in Iraq? Near Babylon, what they would call Babylon there? Is this Babel, you know what I'm saying, in the, uh, you know, Devil's Tower tree over here? Was that Wisconsin or something? So, where's this Babel? The former were in fact of Hebrew origins. So again, these are, we're talking, that's how you know we're not talking Roman. Alright, so Roma. It's Roma and Romani. These are all things that you were connected to that we've been disconnected from. Gypsy, Roma, Romani. Now you got Romanians, but they're all hijacked images, hijacked images. And these are the Romani people of India. All connecting these Hebrews there, Hebrews there, Hebrews here. There are those who originally or at first, first people indigenous came to land 4,400 years ago from the Tower of Babel. Tribes, Babylonian captivity, the Babylonian exilarch, David, 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 Sauceland, David, Prester John, Babylon. The former were in fact of Hebrew origins. It's all in your face. And likely the people of Lehi and or Molech, Molech, according to Mormon beliefs. All right, guys are hijacked. Let's keep going. One of the seven tribes or families found in the record, it has been long suspected that those originally called the Aztec or people of Aslan, Aslan meaning whiteness or people of the Herons. I would have no doubt that long. You know what? <clears throat> I think that this calls for my diction. One of the seven tribes or families found in the record, it has been long suspect that those originally called the Aztec or people of Aztec. of Judah and the children of Jerusalem, Jerusalem, have ye sold unto the Grecians? that ye might remove them far from their border. Behold, I will raise them out of the place whither ye have sold them and return your recompense upon your own head. So it is written, Selah. Selah. I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the children of Udaw, and they shall sell them to the Sabians, to a people far off, for Hawa has spoken it. 
proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. He's talking to you. You only have I known you, dog. He's talking to you. Proclaim ye, you. My heritage, you tell them this. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say I am strong. This ain't no Christian guy talking. This is your tribal heritage, your hoa. I am strong. I am. I exist strong. I am strong. What's your status? Strong. Assemble yourselves. Assemble yourselves and come. All ye heathen and gather yourselves together around. Did there cause thy mighty ones to come down? Did there cause thy mighty ones to bring, bring everybody? Assemble yourselves and come. Let the heathen come. Let them gather themselves because what? You've prepared for war. Proclaim, proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare for war, prepare war. Wake up the mighty men and let all men of war draw near. Let them come up. This is what you're proclaiming to them. Because we know the Creator is assembling them all up. And he's telling, hey, assemble yourselves, all y'all, all the heathen. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full, the fats overflow, for the wickedness is great. Multitude, multitudes in the valley of decision. It's a decision making. Oh, you want your courts? You want your, uh, your uh, vessels and dry dock? And give us documents? When these courts are nothing but ships and vessels and dry dock from the law of the sea, not the law of the land. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, the most high will show them a court. For the day of Hawa is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon shall be dark, darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. You know, I've been digging a lot on this September 23rd situation in uh, 2017. And Going into uh, the Hebrew year, what they say, 5777 or 5778 now coming up. It's a lot going on, man. We just got to be prepped. But for them, they got to prepare war. That's what they're doing is prepare war. You're coming out of her. Hawa also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But Hawa will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So shall ye know that I am Hawa, your God. Hey, Aya, Hawa, your power dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain, my tree. Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her any more. There shall no strangers pass through her any more. What does it mean to you? Whoever you are, what does it mean to you? And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine. 
and the hills shall flow with milk, and all the rivers of Judah, Judah, all the rivers of Judah shall flow with water, and a fountain shall come forth out of the house of Hua, and shall water the valley of Shittim. In Egypt shall be a desolation, and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness for the violence against the children of Udah, because they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Udah shall dwell forever in Jerusalem from generation to generation, for I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed, for Hawah dwelleth in Zion. All praise our Creator, all praise our Creator. Now, I told you about the September 23rd thing, and I just, you know, wanted to show you a quick doc right here, man, then we'll do a dismount. And, uh, yeah, man, check this out, you know what I'm saying? This is, this is for them to fit. Cold but this is Jesus, Jesus. Now, we're talking about the birth of Jupiter. And you're seeing it as a star, you're seeing this as a isolated globaler. <laughs> Situation, you know, we get back in that Giannini, man. I think probably next, get right back into flat connected universe, man. So, you know, apply it all, but just pay attention now. Jupiter the king, remember, they worship Zeus. This Jupiter, that's their son, the birth of Jesus. You're gonna see Jesus return, you're gonna see Jupiter return. You ain't talking about no, no little blondie Jesus, you ain't talking about no, no, uh, you know. Hebraic version of anything coming out of their New Testament that they're bringing here to your land that they're finding you on and wrote a New Testament to give you a New Testament, a new God and a new covenant and tell you your laws don't matter and a new Joshua. Now you have this Joshua, the Savior, when you had your Joshua and have your Joshua. Some call him Kitsikoltu. We're talking about a staff. We're talking about Meshi. We're talking about Joshua. Now, they gave you Jupiter, right? They gave you Jupiter. Capricorn, and next to him is Aquarius, with his hands positioned as if he was emptying a pitcher of water in Egypt. Miraculously, on November 20th, now, not only are you going to see an incredible astronomical alignment in this video, but you will also see the birth of a king known as Jupiter to the Romans mm. and Zeus to the Greeks. Starting around November 20th, 2016, Jupiter enters the womb of Virgo and due to retrograde motion, stays in the belly for about nine and a half months or 41 weeks before exiting the womb in September 2017. So Jupiter will be born out of this constellation I know they put a white girl on it, but come on, we're talking about, <laughs> I mean, why she got to be a white girl? You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. So just imagine a melanated woman <laughs> having birth to this, this Zeus. Now, it started in November 16th, so Jupiter's already in the womb. People are already seeing it in the sky. And it's going to really pop out September 23rd, 2017. Follow this. Miraculously, this just happens to be 
the human gestation period for a baby inside its mother. Bang. At this point, I would like to clarify something. Baby this Jesus. is not a video about the end of the world. There seemed to be a lot of confusion in part one of this series where I talked about the biblical blood moon tetra. Many people were thinking automatically I was talking about the end of the world, or the apocalypse. To me, the apocalypse means a revealing. Mm. The word apocalypse is the lifting of the veil. It's not the end of the world. And many people... Or the breaking of the spell. The spell barrier. People seem to be confused about that. In my opinion, their fear stems from so-called end times, thanks to horror stories from Hollywood and religion, as we find ourselves in the end of the age of Pisces, an age of believing, deception, suppression, and control. I don't think I need to ask you if you have noticed how hard at work the dark occultists have been lately in fear of losing control. As more and more people awaken and tune into the higher frequency, realizing who they are, the dark forces ruling the planet. Higher frequency, higher, higher, hawa, frequency above the barrier, higher, and know who they are. When you know who you are, it breaks the spell. Listen, he's talking to you, you die. Control. As more and more people awaken and tune into the higher frequency, realizing who they are, they are. the dark forces ruling the planet must keep you in fear while enslaved in their current construct. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Many shall be purified and made white and tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. The Aquarian age we are approaching is the age of knowing, truth, harmony, expansion, and incredible potential for the human race. Reality. Please do not confuse some new age movement with just being something new. Due to the procession of the equinoxes and the wobble of the earth, we move backwards through the zodiac about... Come on, that's the hydrant. You don't need all this processions and this with gravity's this or this. You get the babies out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what they gotta do to explain why Jupiter is making this particular motion. Come on, man. Connected celestial bodies. Everything connected. Land, water, ice. About one degree every 72 years, or 30 degrees every 2,160 years. In order to have a better understanding of the ages, we must briefly jump back about 6,000 years to around 4,000 BC. This was the beginning of the age of Taurus and lasted roughly 2,000 years. Egypt worshipped the bull gods of Hathor, Apis, Bacchus, and Menevis. Mesopotamia had Enkidu, the bull of heaven. China had a bull god of agriculture. In Sumeria, they had the bull god Enlil and sacred bulls and cows could be found around the globe. In the following age of Ares the Ram, the bull was slain by Mithras, the Persian and Indian god, announcing the end of Taurus, and Moses destroyed the golden calf being worshipped by many people. In this age, you saw the Jews blowing the shofar, or the ram's horn. Egypt depicted Amun-Ra as a ram. The Greeks had a horned god, Pan, who turns out to be the only Greek god to die at the end of the age. Yeah. In the age of Pisces, from around 1 AD to the present time, 
we have the Lamb of God being slain and the Son of God being portrayed as the great fisherman. The so they're using astra, you know what I'm saying, astrological events, you know what I'm saying, and that's what they're really doing in the metaphysics of it. When they give you these images, they're talking metaphysics, they're talking, you know, Jupiter, they're talking astronomy, you know what I mean? But in their astronomy is where their angels lie. So they're not just saying it for granted, they're saying it because there's energies that they are tuned into, there's frequencies all below the barrier. Rakwa, Rakia, I beat it out. Your creator describes beating out a solid expanse of the sky and stretching it out like a tent to dwell in. Alright, so that's a barrier. But everything below the barrier is what they're getting their signs from. And yes, there's signs, but there's signs to do with the people who connect above the barrier. Why would the creator of above the barrier give you signs for those that are not connected above the barrier? But the seed, the heritage, you only have I know. For Jesus is a fish. Jesus feeds 5,000 people with two fish. Fish God. And five loaves of bread. He's the Pope's mitre is shaped like a fish head. Jesus met two fishermen and told them he could... This is all Babylonian paganism hijack. Make them fishers of men. Even the word nun in the Aramaic means fish. Contrary to what you might have been taught growing up, the word occult does not mean evil. It means hidden, and occult knowledge can be used for good or bad. Part of our awakening involves understanding that man is the measure of the universe, the microcosm of the macrocosm, as above, so below. In the Middle Ages, you find many depictions of the zodiac man, we are almost at the point of the video where I show you the coming great sign in the sky. But I think now would be a great time to discuss one more little known fact, or at least fact in my... ...meaning whiteness or place of the herons, I would have no doubt that they were called Nephites. Okay. Uh, where is he going with this? All seven tribes originally came from Atlan, but for some reason, excuse me, left, and as a result of... This untold reason they found themselves, according to the record, in humiliation. Perhaps they were cast out by others of their kind or were defeated by an enemy. Both are possible, but I would lean towards a curse upon their land in which they knew they had brought upon themselves great changes in their land due to earthquakes diminishing the living waters that fed their land, making it a near paradise. You know, the Father does speak about uh, rivers of living water. After leaving Adslan, the tribes together found their way south to the place of grottoes, the seven caves or underground cities in which were long abandoned by the previous people who were the ancestors of those whom they would eventually join the Toltec. Oh, this is just getting even more interesting. Before this, they were called Nephites. Let's go right to it. Oh, Moshi. Oh, he just skipped. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, this is just so riveting. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can get it. Okay. Uh, the it is said the entire course of the migration from Atlan to Mexico was near... Okay, I'm waiting for him to update the page. One second. Was near. Enjoy the music while I wait. 
near 400 years and that these tribes occupied the caves for nearly two to three hundred years of okay you just went to a new you went to a new page you went to a Graham Hancock page so if you went to this page then I'm sure Graham Hancock knows what's on this page uh, but let's see he's scrolling down and uh, it says what past happening was prophesied what does the word meseth mean in the Aramaic language that the Phoenicians generally spoke Meshika, the real word for the Meshef, which means Messiah. In Turkish, a similar word means Messi or Mezhi. Interesting. And they shall not lie with the mighty that are fallen of the uncircumcised, which are gone down to hell with their weapons of war. And they have laid their swords under their heads, but their iniquities shall be upon their bones. Though they were the terror of the mighty in the land of the living, yes, thou shalt be broken out of the midst of the uncircumcised, and shalt lie with them that are slain with the sword. And that was Ezekiel 33:26. Let's unmute him now. Let's see. You're following your ancestors is right here. We're following. They're not giving it to us, though. We have to put all this together. When we deal with Utah, we got to undo the brainwash and put the Aztec in there. Of course, they didn't call themselves Aztec. They were called the people of whiteness or purity or righteous people. Righteous people. So all we're talking about is the righteous people. You can dodge the hijack past the Aztec in the Utah, Utah, and you're righteous people, man. That's who. That's what tribe you're from. You're, you're from the tribe of the righteous people. You dog high, high above the firmament, high above the berries, high, living in the mountains, the trees, high up. People living high up. You were gods amongst men, and you wanted what they wanted. You wanted what they had. You wanted what these angels were showcasing just to see if you can get away from your whiteness, your purity. Your Highness, Your Highness, wow. you dog, you dog. Feel good to share this vibration with you. Kachi Quells, I already got it up. It's a title. It's the title of a law-giving high priest. So, in honor of this law-giving high priest, now who is this law-giving high priest? Meshi, Meshiko. This is all talking about Meshi. How do we know? We go to their quiches, their writings. And here's this, here's this right here. So then we arrived at the sea coast. So they're migrating. They reach a sea coast. They, they reach water. There were gathered together the warriors of all the seven villages at the sea. Wait, seven. These people were called Aztec long before they migrated south and after the other families or tribes had left the seven caves. I can't make this up. I'm going through this with you. Seven. There were gathered together the warriors of all the seven villages at the sea. A great number perished, devoured by sorrow. There is no means of passing. They're trying to pass the water. They're following their law-giving high priest. They're Meshi. 
nor is it told of anyone who has passed the sea. They've never heard of anyone passing this particular sea. Said all the warriors of the seven villages, seven cities of gold, let's go. Who can, who will find means to pass the sea? In thee alone, my brother, in thee alone have we hope. Said they all, we said to them, you may go on, you may be first. Who will find the means of crossing while we are here? All of us spoke thus, and then all of them said, Have pity on us, our brothers, since we are all stretched on the shore of the ocean without seeing our hills and our plains. They were not going into new lands. They were looking for our hills and our plains, our land, our promised land. They're following their law-giving high priest to get the our hills, our plains, our land. As soon as we were asleep, we were captured or, or conquered. We, the two oldest sons, we, the chief and guides of the warriors of the seven villages. Oh, my brother, would that we had passed and could see the burdens given us by our mothers and fathers. Oh, my brother. So they spoke at the t at that time. The Kishé Kishé Nation again. Kishé means root or rooted or many trees. Kishé Nation had increased. So at that time, the Kishé Nation had increased. Our ancestors Gagavits and Zektukoa Tukau said, "We said to them, we suffer also, our brother. We do not live stretched out on the shore of the mountain." where we cannot see our mountains where they are as you say oh you warriors you people of the seven villages seven cities septimania we shall pass over at once thus we spoke and soon all of them rejoiced now listen up now there was a red tree our staff now there was a red tree our staff, which we had taken in passing from the gate of Tulan, Tulan, and therefore we are called the Kakikwel, Kachikwel people. So listen, now there was a red tree, our staff, remember Moses with the staff, all right? Red tree. And now we are called the Kachikwel people. Oh, our son said Gagavits and Zektua. The root of this, our staff, was pushed into the sand of the sea, and soon the sea was separated from the sand. Wait, wait, wait. So these cliche, these indigenous people of the many trees and the people of the roots, Adam. The root, oh, the people of the many trees. The root of this, our staff, was pushed into the sand of the sea, and, the, and soon the sea was separated from the sand. And for this the red tree served, which we brought from Tulan. And for this the red tree, or staff, served, which we brought from Tulan. Soon the sand was at a line, and we passed, and we passed out. It became wide above the sea and below the sea. Then all rejoiced when they saw sand in the sea and many counseled together.
So they're rejoicing as they see these waters separate and the sand, you know, up like a line. It says the sand was as a line. It just lined up. Everything parted. The entire sea parted for these people in their, in their manuscripts. Pre-hijack. Pre-invasion. And you say, is this the root of what they're calling Old Testament? They're getting their root from something. And they're remixing it and making it available to everyone everywhere. When you dig for the roots and you get the babies out and you say, ah. So the root of the mythos is a foundational legend of Moses, of Moshe, Meshi, who's parting the waters With a red tree or staff There indeed is our hope We must gather together on these first lands What first lands do you think? Are we talking about Meshi? Meshiko? They said Here only can we arrange ourselves since leaving Tulan Alright, and here's how the cliche Translation looks. If you speak that cliche. Alright, so then they rushed forward and passed across the sand. So then they rushed forward and passed across the sand. And following one another, we came to the shore of the sea. And we arrived at the edge of the water. Then all the seven, seven, seven villages, cities of gold, began to fear. So then they got scared once they got through it. Sound familiar? <laughs> and all the warriors spoke, and then the seven tribes spoke. Do you not see our burdens? Yet it is not long since we lifted up our faces with you, ye rulers, ye warriors. Did we not come from the sun rising with you? That we might seek our hills. Again, it's our hills, our valleys. Have you not seen the burden, the green feathers, the garlands? So spake the seven tribes and commanded and said, It is well. And the seven tribes took counsel what to do. Afterwards, they went on to the place, however, that's pronounced, the Okanvuanku. And then they all went on to another place, Miahau. There many gathered together, having thus arrived at Miahau. Then thence they departed for the place called Valval. Scoop. Scoop. Cook, scoop, cook, scoop, cook. Hey, man, that's a good one. Scoop, scoop, cook. And there they rested. There many gathered together and departing, they arrived at the place called Tapkuk Olaman. Then all gathered there, and we took counsel there, said our fathers and ancestors, Gagavits and Zekdakua. And it was afterwards, or after we had arrived there, that we first unloosed our burdens. All the warriors said, Whom shall we make to be our head? We, the masters of arms, the master of, of booty, the assigners of tribute. O thou, our young brother, and thou, our older brother. So said they to us. Then we said to them, It is but a little while that we looked to make war, and already we are prepared. Our standards are ready, our burdens are loosed. They are the burdens which were given to us by our mothers and fathers. Here are the standards. I, I am the sage. 
thus we spoke when we unloosed our burdens, our loads of maize, the corn, maize, our standards, our paints, bows, shields, and double-headed lances. Thus we showed ourselves before the face of all. First we adorned ourselves with our bows, our shields, and two-headed lances, our feathers, our paint. We put them all on, and we said to them, On with you, you are younger brothers, you are elder brothers. Truly this, truly this war is certain. Alright, so you got Joshua rising up against the Canaanite tribes and the Ammon tribes and Moabite tribes, clearing out giants. We must enter upon it. We must test our bows, our shoes. Alright, you got the story of the Aztec coming in and you know what I'm saying? Whipping a bunch of ass and everyone hated them, so they called them the enemies of their enemies. But we're just talking Aztec Utah, right? We're just talking indigenous Utah, Aztec. And when we say Utah, we're just referring to the tribe of Utah, Judah, Utah, when we refer to these Aztecs. So think of that in that, uh, in that framework. So we have Judah, Utah. Alright? Then we chose the road. And we told it to them, all of us then gathered together, and soon we met face to face a party of warriors called those of Nina Valkat and those of Xulpit. They were on the border of the oceans, they were there in their boats, alright? So, you know what I'm saying? We got some of this before, I just wanted to get some of this drop to connect, to connect, to connect. What are we talking about? Soon the sand wave was aligned and we passed out. It became wide above the sea and below the sea. Then we all rejoiced when they saw the sand and the sea and many counseled together. Now there was a red tree, our staff, which we had taken in passing from the gate of Tulan. The root of this, our staff, was pushed into the sand of the sea and soon the sea was separated from the sand. And for this the red tree served. All right, all right. I mean, y'all still with me? I'm just saying here, you know, having a good time. So take all that. Let's keep going. We're just talking the Ark of the Covenant with these so-called Aztecs, these people of purity, these people of Udah. All seven tribes, alright? So you just got the seven from the Annals of Copsiquel. Now we're right back in the Forbidden Histories, a separate joint. Hard to get, love to sell Ma. She gave us so much drop with this one, man. Seven caves, right? It doesn't mean that there's just seven tribes. It means that this was, these particular tribes that they call the Aztec were, you know, encompassing seven tribes. And then I'm sure they had their other brothers somewhere else that were other tribes, you know what I'm saying? And you add those up, some add them up to 13. All right, so let's go. All seven tribes originally came from Aslan, but for some reason left. And as a result of this untold reason, they found themselves, according to the record, in humiliation. Hmm. Perhaps they were cast out by others of their kind or were defeated by an enemy. Hmm. Leaving, leaving Babylon, Babylonian captivity, were they leaving captivity? Humiliation, captivity, humiliation, captivity, humiliation. Both are possible and I would lean towards a curse upon their land, Judah in which they knew, in which they knew they had brought upon themselves idols, great changes in their land due to earthquakes, diminishing the living waters, 
Now, you remember the curse upon the land of Kalalus and how all the waters, all that great water, went back into the underground river. So, are uh, they simply migrating, crossing some type of water bridge that we don't see today? That, uh, you know, the author of Forbidden Histories had a big water source that was around this area, a huge sea of water, you know what I'm saying? So, who knows, man? Who knows? But we're just talking Egypt being here. And, you know what I'm saying? So, which, are we just talking that particular migration? When you put in the water sources, you know, you gotta imagine the map much, much, much differently. Even things that sound crazy, like a big ocean of water being here, and a big territory of Utah being here. And you got the Mesopotamia, you got Egypt, you got the Grand Canyon. All right, all right. Humiliation, humiliation, all right. So after leaving Aslan, the tribes together found their way south to the place of Grotos. Wait, let me back up. Let me back it up. So a curse upon their land, in which they knew they had brought upon themselves great changes in their land. Right? So these Anasazi were migrating because of changes in their land. Due to earthquakes diminishing the living waters, the water disappeared when underground that fed their land, making it a near paradise. So they were down there in paradise when the water was there. After leaving Aslan, the tribes together found their way south to the place of Groto, wherever that is, and it says the seven caves or underground cities in which were long abandoned by the previous people who were the ancestors of those whom they would eventually join, the Toltec all connected. It is said in the Aztec record that the entire course of the migration from Aslan to Mexico was near 400 years and that those tribes occupied the caves for near two to three hundred years of the 400. So were they migrating the whole time of the 400 years or were they you know living in one location for a time and you know slowly kind of making their way down? The first tribe to leave the caves migrating south and eventually to Meshi, Meshiko, Messiah, law-giving high priest, Kulkuka, was the Zokimilka, followed by Kalkas, when the Teneo, Tenanex, and Kohua, and after them, the Telehuacas and the Telekalans, Kalkalans, the Aztec, Remain behind for a time. Right, so this Judah remained behind for a time. So were these other tribes, northern tribes, and did Judah come, southern tribe, afterwards? You know what I mean? Remaining behind for a time as a result of divine command given by their God. Utah, 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 Aztecan, Utah, given by their God, their power. So you match it up. Did the tribe of Judah, based on the divine command in your Old Testament, wait behind? Did, did, did the Assyrian captivity and the northern tribes, did, that, did they, you know, get to do their thing first? But then... Judah was still in captivity. Humiliation. 
These people affirmed that their God had promised them this land. <laughs> For they are the people he had he held dear as you, dog. It is clear to me that these people at this point were talking an ancient promise and extending it and isolating it to apply only to them. Well, why would they apply this ancient promise? You know what I'm saying? Only to them. Hear this word, what Hawah has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only, you only? Why would they apply it only to them? Why would these so-called Aztecs, this you dog, why would they apply it only to them? Why would Israel, why would these Israelites, Columbus took a Hebrew interpreter to find you, copper color races found here, according to the 1828 Webster Dictionary, children of Israel, Kendrick Lamar say he's an Israelite, he too was found here, and is one of these copper color races found here by these Europeans. Which is why Columbus took a Hebrew interpreter to talk to Kendrick Lamar and his people. And you, dog, in Mexico, in Jerusalem, in Cuba, in the Indias, hear this word that Hawah has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family. Which I brought up from the land of captivity, bondage, Egypt. Saying you only, you only, you only, you Israelites only. Have I known of all the families of the earth. Is that what they teach you today in Christianity? Is that what they teach you in, in the temple? In this temple and that temple? Why would these Aztec? Now we're getting out their quiches. They're putting red trees and staff in the water and separating the water and crossing. They're following their law-giving high priest connected above the barrier, not below it. And above the barrier says that you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Now this family is getting out of captivity, out of humiliation from being punished. Aren't you still humiliated? Oh, why not? Because you got your house and car? Well, where's your land? Who's over here being idiotic and comfortable with a house and a car? When you had a kingdom. If you have no land, you are in humiliation. You might feel like you're doing your own separate thing. But they don't see it that way. They say, ha ha, look. He doesn't know he's being humiliated. This person doesn't even have a land. And someone else is signing a check. All this other hustling just to get this dollars. Look how many dollars he has. But he has no gold. This Negro got no gold. But he's an Israelite. 
This Negro got no land, but he's an Israelite. This Negro think he's from Africa, but he's an Israelite found here by the European. You, doll, you, doll. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. If I'm gonna, all right. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. The Aztec remained behind for a time as a result of a divine command given by their power, Hawa, their existence. Heya, Haya, Hawa. Or what they thought was a god. Oh, really? Their people affirm that their God had promised them this land, for they are the people he held dearest. It is clear to me that these people at this point were taking an ancient promise and extending it and isolating it to only apply to them. To only apply only them. Only them. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Oh, y'all must think it's just Amos. I just got, I'm just over here just uh, rolling the dice. Huh? Let's go to Joel. Joel. For behold, in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of you, doll, and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel. You only have I known. You are my heritage. That's why. Seed. Seed. You are a seed. A seed is energy. 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 What energy are you? What's your vibration? What shaped you? What's your... What are you formed in? Who is your shaper? Who is your heritage? Where is your land? Where is your inheritance? And will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, so-called black people, so-called Negroes. You've been scattered among all these nations and parted my land and parted my land and parted my land. Dearly departed. My dearly departed people. You are dead until you are alive. And when you are alive, you exist, and that is your status. To go from a dead status to be alive because your creator gives you the energy to be alive, to remember. Your creator only gives you status and nothing and no one else. To exist, they parted my land, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land, and they have cast lots for my people, and have given a boy for a harlot, and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Yea, and what have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Sidon, and all the coast of Palestine? 
will ye render me a recompense? And if ye recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Because ye have taken my silver and my gold and carried into your temples my goodly pleasant things. The children